Bubble Sparks. Booty, booty, yeah. booty, booty, rockin' everywhere. Booty, 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 rockin' everywhere. Booty, 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 rockin' everywhere. Rockin' everywhere. This new booty, get it together and bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two. Put a tad on it, then see what I found you. This new booty, get it together and bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two. Put a tad on it, then see what it do. Yes, people, people. Today's episode is like some big bat booty, but we've got a lot. <laughs> Man, there was boxing, there was UFC, and there was jiu-jitsu. So a jammed weekend, plus NFL people. So sit back and let's get into it. Alright, so we know week 12 already started pretty damn good with those uh, Texan and Washington wins. Um, But what was Sunday's games gonna be like? Well, we had, um, yeah, there was some, definitely some crazy shit went down, right? Definitely some crazy shit, and uh, we still had when we we had some fun games too, right? There it was a bit, yeah, it was an interesting day, an interesting day. Some good plays, and um, yeah, some not so. <laughs> I mean, you know. When we go to the, uh, you know, Buffalo and, um, uh, yeah, the Chargers, right? That game. Oh, good damn. Like, Buffalo ended up being uh, crazy lucky. Crazy lucky. Uh, and Which is insane because, you know, the Chargers defense was horrible, that defense was so bad at the start, they managed, they pulled it together, but, I mean, that was the big story right there, if the D was better, they might have, um, yeah, that, that, I feel that game would have been a, a, a different situation, um, all right, so uh, let's go to Indianapolis, um, Tennessee. Damn, <laughs> you know what I mean? The 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 damn, um, that game, man. Forty five twenty six. I mean, it was real close at the start. Real close. But then the Titans just kicked into another gear. And god damn it. Henry. Jeez. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like my man's rushing was something else. That footwork. It, it, yeah. It was crazy. You know what I mean? It was crazy. Not a huge number of yards, 
You know, but carried for 27, three touchdowns. Hey, he, he, he needs... Uh... You know what I mean? Someone needs to, you know, give him, give him some drinks and shit. Because that was a fire performance, man. Um, okay, where are we going to go? Should we... Um, let us take a look at the Vikings, right? Vikings-Panthers. Vikings-Panthers, which... <laughs> I mean, it looked like BB fucked things up. Yeah, it looked like he had fucked the Vikings because that freaking all that to do is catch had to catch it, and then he just fumbles the shit out of it. But, but, yo. Talk about Senator Saint. Homie gets the winning catch. Oh man, that was just a roller coaster. And there was still time, still time for the Panthers to take it for one last kick. And when you saw that ball just go, ah, oh, you're just like, that's wide, man. That is wide. Ho ho. Man, Minnesota got a crazy win there. That was a crazy win. Kirk Cousins does it again in the fourth. Ooh. Alright, so um. Ooh, let's go Cleveland Jacksonville. Yeah, the Jags, right? That was a, a hell of a fun-ass game. That really was a hell of a fun-ass game. You're in super back and forth. But the Browns just get it done. Just get it done. I mean, that when you look at the fourth quarter, right? Just one point in it. <laughs> Crazy, crazy. Uh, it all came down to, um, yeah, Cleveland's basically first quarter, right? That was that was the big play there. So yeah, fun game, fun game. Okay, so let us do um, Cleveland, New York, right? Another close game, but man, the Bengals, I don't know, like some bad defense, some iffy plays, <sighs> just that's been their season, right? That has been their season, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, Giants were able to um do the thing, all right, so... um. Man, New England, Arizona, right? What a fucking crazy situation that was. Like, because... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. After the start, right? After that start, you didn't think Patriots could get it done. 
didn't think they could get it done. But they just turned it around. Really, yeah, really turned it around with a just a real strong second and third. You know, Arizona fought back in the fourth, but oh, all about that second and third. And just that recovery from that horrible start. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting time at New England this season. Really has. Oh, man. So, um, Dolphins. <laughs> Oh my god, the Jets are still a nil point in the win column, right? Oh man, what a horrible season they've been having. But um, yeah, not the most convincing wins from Miami, you know what I mean? Because, hey, it might be um 20 to 3, but... Hey, it was a lot closer than that. It really was. But, uh, yeah, you know, a not convincing win is still a win, right? Still a win. And I have to say, Atlanta, Las Vegas did not, did not go how I thought that was going to go. That, that might have been one of the biggest shocks of the week because whoo Atlanta did a thing they did a thing and uh it was dirty it was dirty they fucked up the raiders for 43 to 6 god damn i mean it, it, yeah they look good <laughs> Yeah, they looked good. We cannot take that from them, right? Can't do it. Cannot do it. Oh man. And um New Orleans Denver. Well, all you can say is the Saints go marching on. Oh yes, they do. Oh man, and they uh, yeah, they marched all over those Broncos. 31 to 3. Ugh. You know what I mean? That was a huge, huge second quarter for um, New Orleans there. Um, oh, man. The, uh, you know what I mean? Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco game. <sighs> At the buzzer? You know what I mean? At the goddamn buzzer, son. That that turned crazy. Crazy. Got real nail baiting in that fourth quarter, man. Whew. And it, it was a fun game to watch, ain't gonna lie. But yeah, close. And a, a game that was probably a lot closer than um it might seem was you know the chiefs buccaneers chiefs buccaneers i mean yeah chiefs had a huge first but then the buccaneers had that huge fourth i think mean, one of the big things in that game was just 
Oh, the scrambling, scrambling abilities of Mahone. It is, it is something else. I mean, yo, Buccaneers were able to sack him, but hey, you know, not much else, though, right? But it was a close game. Then, um, last game, Green Bay at Chicago, and um, yeah. The Bears were able to make it somewhat respectable, but let's be honest. Let's be honest, people. Green Bay fucked them up. Oh, man, they fucked them up. <laughs> and, you know, they're eight and three. So, not bad. So, looking at the tables, right? So, Buffalo are winning. They're leading the AFC East, eight and three. Chiefs obviously are winning the AFC West 10 and 1. You've got Pittsburgh 10 and 0, AFC North, um, Tennessee 8 and 3, AFC South. Then we've got New York Giants 4 and 7 at NFC East. Ugh. Seattle a seven and three at NFC West, Green Bay. You know they're doing NFC North, and um, New Orleans are doing the NFC South nine and two. Oh man, that NFC East is horrible. It is horrible. Crazy thing is Washington. We're second. We are second. That is insane. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the rest of the season, right, people? Okay, so what else happened on Saturday? Well, we had the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. Man, the, the clash right, the two veterans coming out to do their thing, and there was a lot of crazy weirdness around this fight, you know what I mean, where it was just like, no, it's not a fight, it's an exhibition, and it could get stopped with point, with cuts, and just all this stuff that was like, huh, what is this, so, it was interesting to see what was actually going to go down. You know what I mean? It, it, when you think about it, it, it's like, what, Tyson was 54? You know what I mean? And I think Roy is, um, what, 51? So, or 50? So they're, they're both... You know what I mean? They're both over that halfway mark in life, as it were. Um, And, you know, we've seen the training footage. So they both looked good. I have to say, Roy definitely looked older. Right? He did look older. It was funny because, um, you know, Snoop. So, you know, yeah. There was a commentary team. We had Israel Adesanya. Um, we had Snoop Dogg, and there was, um, fuck, what's his name? Oh my gosh, it's, um, Mario Ronello, 
um, and Sugar Ray Leonard, right, so, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I definitely feel that Snoop Dogg's edition comes from, uh, the work he did on the first season of Dana White's looking, um, contender series, you know what I mean, um, and, yeah, that kind of stole the show, right, Snoop kind of stole the show, now, Tyson and Jones themselves, I think the big thing here was, like, obviously, Roy was trying to do things from distance, so he he fired off some shots from distance, but it was mainly one shot, like, he'd hit a jab, but Tyson was walking him down, and then Roy would tie things up, but then inside the clinch, Tyson's just unloading with, you know, body shots, he's hitting uppercuts, and he's doing all of this, and Roy, you know, not to say he didn't do anything, but the majority of the work inside was Tyson, you know, and from the outside, as I said, look, um, Roy's hitting one, two jabs, but then Tyson's jumping in with a hook, more uppercuts, so he's hitting from range as well, which then makes it real friggin' odd to see the scorecards, right, you see the scorecards and you're like, wait, what, what the hell is happening here, you know, like the scorecards made no sense, it, it was so freaking odd, right, it was a split, with, I don't, you know, I don't know, right, it, to say, like, you, you know, you can't really say it's fixed, but it was weird, the scoring was definitely weird, right, I think we can say that, you know what I mean, it it didn't necessarily make sense, right, because you had, um, who did we have, we had uh, Chad Dawson made it 76-76, Christy Mardin added 79-73 for Tyson, and Vinny Pazaneza made it 8076 to Jones which yeah I don't know where you know Vinny got his scoring from but it just seemed that every round was scored they all scored they all seemed to score the fight each round exactly the same there wasn't much deviation in there and I have to, I have to kind of ask. I w- I was confused that there was no heavyweights judging the judging the fight. You know, what I mean? like what well, I thought they were gonna get. You know, like maybe Holyfield, maybe like Lennox Lewis. You know, I mean? get some get some heavyweight legends to score. Right, I thought that's what was gonna happen. Not to say the people they chose were rubbish, but yeah, I just thought it kind of might have made more sense. You know what I mean? 
But, uh, yeah, now, it wasn't a completely rubbish fight, like, it was, it was, you know, considering how old they were, right, it wasn't bad, right, it wasn't bad, like, I guess, you know, the card in general didn't really have a lot of pizzazz about it, um, and I didn't see any of the other fights, Right now, I've seen highlights of the Jake Paul Nate Robinson fight, and god damn it, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that? That was, ugh, that was not good. Like, it really was not good. Like, Nate was. So much smaller Like so much smaller in that fight Which makes it a problem I don't know how much he weighed But yeah, I I feel that The size difference made it a huge issue And then, listen People, because I, I, you know, there's a lot online Because there are so many memes Of Nate just passed out and, like, everyone's going, oh, well, Paul's only had, you know what I mean, Paul's only had a couple of fights, and it's just like, well, yeah, that's true, but Nate's had none, Nate's had none, and, like, Jake has been training for a while, you know, he definitely trained with, um, his brother, when he had his fight, right, so he was training then, then Jake had his fight, so, like, he's had a ton of training, and they trained, they went to proper gyms, they trained with top fighters, you know, so he's just had a more experience than the few months Nate has had to, to train for this, so it, And you could clearly see It was a straight up mismatch Right So yes Jake isn't a professional But he's He's full and he's trained So he's still He still has More experience and knowledge Than you know Nate did And yeah that showed And that's why Nate got knocked the fuck out Right Which makes it a problem Right, makes it a problem, and I have to say, I was surprised that shit got sanctioned, you know, and I think the result, yeah, that's an issue, and I think the um, California, um, you know, state, they need to look at that shit, and consider what the fuck they do, there's, hey, if, you know, if Nate had died in there, if it had been a Gerald McCullen situation, something like that, god damn, that ain't good, that ain't fucking good, so yeah, that's not great, it's not great at all, man, that would, yeah, that kind of tarnished it, and I know people were happy that they actually saw a, um, a, a knockout on the card and all of that, but... Yeah, that was that was a problem. 
that was a big parking problem. Uh, you know, I think they're talking about doing it again, right? Um, hope they don't. Kind of hope they don't. You know what I mean? But who knows? Who knows? They are grown, and at least with Tyson and Jones, they've um. Yeah, they're vets. They know what they're doing. They know how to protect themselves. So I don't know, people. We will see. We will see. Um, maybe not the spectacular that everyone was expecting, though. Well, damn! This was a this is a crazy card, right? If you think about it, we lose the main event, right? So then the co moves up. But they're like, yo, we'll take five Which is huge And especially when you consider when Smith fought Radish He, um, you know That went free Right, so Hey, both asked for five, so we got five And out of the ten fights Only three went the distance <laughs> Which is like what? <laughs> Only three go the distance. This card had some crazy uh, fun finishes, man. And it all started off with um, Luke Sanders against Nate Manes. Uh, so they're both bantam weights, but it was a late addition. So it was a catch weight at 140 pounds. And I think the big thing about this fight, really, was patience. You know what I mean? It was patience. I also think that Sanders, because he had been out for so long, he really wanted to make an impact. You know what I mean? Really wanted to get in there and, and, and kind of... Go, oh, this is who the fuck I am But I also think We saw in Manes The fact that he fought in August You know what I mean? So, he's already fought This year And fought in these circumstances So, you saw uh, Him being a bit more comfortable With the situation And, you know, Saunders He, he hits hard Right, and we we see him. He he did good work, but he would press the situation too much, putting himself in danger because he'd been stunned, right? But he didn't seem to. He he didn't. Well, I kind of felt that he disrespected their power. He disrespected the ability that he could be put out. So he rushes forward with just, you know, his, his arms aren't really up. He's not really blocking things. And he got caught. He got caught. I think also the fact that, you know, the first round, first round was back and forth, right? It's back and forth. But it kind of ended with Manus on top landing shots. You know, having the advantage. So you, I feel that Saunders wanted to uh, 
reestablish himself. You know, that's why we see him came out, coming out in a second, really pressing things. Like, really trying to be like, yo, nah, you ain't doing that shit to me. And so that last end sequence, right, because we, we have Saunders get, like, he'd just been stunned, right, just been stunned, but he came back in. Came back in um, Like Manis hits him Nothing too crazy Then uh, you know So Saunders is like alright fine I can take that Then Lanners, Manis lands the left That stuns him Right Manis follows it up with the right Saunders goes down And uh, yeah then Manis just did his thing You know um, gets mount Saunders turns Manis Stays on him Gets the back Hits the rear naked And it's done You know a really good win For uh, Nate Manis Unbeaten in his UFC fights You know So that's all good So from there we go to the flyweight division We've got Malcolm Gordon Against Sue Majaji, and um, yo, this was a quick fight, really bloody quick, man. Oh my gosh! So uh, Golden comes out; he, he's pressing forward. Um, Madaji is moving really well, you know, just avoiding anything coming at him. He he's a moving, firing out the jab. Then he just lands this straight left. Boom, straight left, a hook. One, two, Gordon goes down. You know, he follows it up, ground about, it's done. It is done. Man, it, it, Majesty just looks so bloody sharp. So sharp. And when you can end a hunt, uh, end a fight, you know, with like heavy hands, that's definitely gonna see you well in the flyweight division. Like, not everyone has that sort of power, right? So, yeah, could he be a future challenger for the belt? Man, if he continues on this form, hell yeah. So we'll just have to see how he progresses. But, um, yeah, definitely interesting. So from there, we have our first of the ladies' fights. It's a, a flyweight clash between Rachel Ozhevich and Gina Mazzani. Now, um, yeah, Mazzani had um, moved camps. I didn't realise she'd moved from... Uh, I think she was at um, Couture. Um... And then she went to um, Glory in Kansas City with James Krause. So definitely a good team to go to. And good damn. <laughs> James Krause in the corner was just... Man, he will keep you on point. There is no bullshit with James Krause. 
Look at me. Fucking look at me. <laughs> it's just like, shit. But you could see that that's what she needed, right? And I feel that's what a good corner does. He uh, gets you out of the shit, gets you back into the zone, right? So this fight, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting one, really. Because I think what we see here is two tough fighters, right? Definitely tough. Now, Ozevich, man, if she could have stopped the takedowns, she definitely would have fared a lot better in this. Because when she landed, you know, she's got heavy hands. So you could see that, you know, what she was doing was having an effect. But she then gets taken down. Right? So that's a huge problem. And Mazzani really putting in work. Putting the combinations together well, good hands, um, but yeah, the big thing was the takeaways. But when she listened to Krauss, you saw the difference in her game, right? I think that was a big thing, and I think we kind of get the feeling that, you know, I think Ostovich needs that too. Because we haven't really seen any huge developments, you know, evolution in, you know, her development. And I think all she needs is to be at the right camp. And, you know, but she's got the tools. She, I think she just needs someone to help her put them together. And I'm not quite sure that's what she's getting. Not to say... She's in a bad environment, but she might not have the right training partners. There's just, a, you can see there's something missing. But, yeah, I in that third round, um, Mazzano just hit the body kick. Oh, my days. And you could see that that, that was a problem. But the first one, Osevich got it out. Got it out, which you have to say, mad props for that, right? But when she got hit again, ah, oh, in the exact pace, yeah, that was it. That was it. You know, just a little ground and pound, boom, the fight is done. Fight is done. And, uh, yeah, you, can't, you feel bad, but... That, you know, a good win for uh, Mazzani. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Oshevich is able to stay or if she gets cut. Because, you know, things haven't been going overly well for her. So you could see a cut coming. But on the flip, you could see her being kept. Because she, she's tough as hell. And she was always trying in the fight, you know? So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see for that. But from there, we go up to the bantamweight division. And we have got Martin Day v. Anderson dos Santos as our last fight of the prelims.
So the fight starts a little, you know, they're both a little tentative, you know, starting with the kicks, everything like that. Dos Santos, he's pressing for a takedown and he gets one, right? And they showed really good ability to scramble and get back up. I think the problem is, right, he wanted to get it back, wanted to get the takedown back. So, Gets one, but doesn't protect his neck, right? And that's a big thing, because as soon as you feel an arm coming for your neck, you need to move it. You need to tuck it, move it, whatever you need to do, but don't, don't give it up, right? So he gets the takedown, but leaves his neck out, leaves his neck out, DeSantis wraps that up with a bow, you know, and we, you can see Day trying to fight it, but, ugh, DeSantis readjusts, squeezes, it is done, uh, so yeah, good, real good finish for, um, yeah, Anderson DeSantis, so, uh, yeah, a, a stoppage filled prelims, a good little transition over to the main card. So we start the main card with a featherweight bout, had uh, Kai Karamaka against Jonathan Pierce, and um, man, I think you really noticed the size difference in this one. Now, Pierce didn't miss weight. You know what I mean? He came in on t- on weight and everything like that. But, um, oh, my gosh. You know, he's six foot, right? And, um, you know, Kamaka, he came in at 5'7". So, you really saw the difference. And, um, like, Pierce also had a reach advantage, Right, which was only two inches, but I think you really noticed those, those two inches, right? And it really stood out, and he used it well. He he was landing that jab. Now Kamaka started really well. You know, he was mixing it up, kicks. Um, he was landing to the body. You know, jabbing, moving. All of that, and it took a while for Pierce to find his range, right? Um, and during that time, you saw Kamaka, yeah, be able to do his thing. But once Pierce kind of got that range, ooh, we definitely saw a shift. And um, Pierce was also landing a good knee up the middle. You know, which he he caught Kamaka with, um, I think, like, two or three times, you know, which was noticeable. Um, So, yeah, it was a pretty even first round. But in the second, I think um, it was, I mean, the takedowns were a thing, although Kamaka was getting up. I think they started to wear, and then at the end, 
I think one of the big problems was Kamaka, he had, you know, he'd been taken down, right? He he was getting hit, but Kamaka escaped, right? After, you know, nearly getting caught in a rear naked, getting hit with elbows and all of that, he escaped, you know what I mean, he spun, so he was on top, right, and when they scrambled, instead of backing up, he grabbed the neck and went for a guillotine, went for a guillotine, and Pierce popped his head out, popped his head out, and then just unloaded, right, let fly with shots, and you still thought, oh, Kamaka could possibly escape. But once he gave up his back and then Pierce was able to flatten him out, that was a problem, right? Because you just saw that he, he wasn't able to do anything. You know, it's always a problem when you get flattened out. But if a guy is considerably bigger than you, Oh, that's even worse, right? And so when Pierce just was unloading, yeah, Kamaka, he's tough, but he he wasn't, just wasn't able to, you know, alter the position. So, you know, the ref had to stop it, man. Ref had to stop it. And, um, you know, size was definitely a thing in the next fight. Which was a ladies bantamweight clash You had Ashley Evans-Smith Against Norma Dumont Now Dumont came in Three and a half pounds over And she really looked huge She really looked so much bigger than Evans-Smith And in the beginning Evans-Smith she, you know, she was landing to the body She was landing kicks You know but Dumont, who she landed, and the power in the shots, man, the power in the shots, that was, that was so noticeable, you know, that, that was clearly, clearly an issue, now, throughout the fight, Evan Smith, you know, she was tough and, you know, she was scrambling out of, you know, takedown situations and things like that. But you did see, I don't know, it was odd, right? There just seemed to be something, right? There seemed to be an issue with Smith's ability to press, I I don't know if there was an injury or anything like that, but yeah, she she just didn't seem to be able to um, change gears. Right, it, it was an odd situation, and you know she gutted it out for sure. But yeah, Dumont was just. So heavy with the shots The the interesting thing was though I think I don't know if it was because she missed weight But she was clearly Clearly Having an impact On Evan Smith But didn't follow it up 
know, she was landing like one or two big shots and then stepping back. And it was just like, huh, what is she doing? Why isn't she, you know, trying to press it, trying to finish? And I think maybe she was trying to conserve energy. And she did, like, press, but it was right at the very end. There was, like, I don't know, 15 seconds left. And you're like, okay, that's good, but you didn't leave yourself enough time. Right, if she had waited until, you know, halfway through the last round, maybe. You know, if she was that worried about the energy and gassing herself out and all of that. But, yeah, it was a fight where you felt if she really went for it, she possibly could have got a stoppage. But, yeah, she just didn't. I don't know. It was a, it was a strange one. It was a strange one. I'd be interested to know if um, Evan Smith was injured, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. So we then go to a men's featherweight clash. So you got Spike Carlisle against a Bill Alagio. Um and this hey this went the kind of way I expected, right? Now my predictions on this card were they weren't great. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, they really were not great. But this one, this one did go how I thought it would, right? <laughs> we had seen it in Spike Carlisle's last fight, right against um, I think it was uh Quantillo, right? I want to say Bill Quantillo, but I'm not sure it's Bill. I think it is Quantillo though, right? And um, yeah, Spike because he is uh very m- bulky, right? And he comes fast, comes fast, but gasses himself out. And, uh, yeah, in that first round, like, that's what he did. He was trying to throw bombs, trying to throw bombs. I think the big thing that gassed him, though, was um, Algo took him down, but was a bit lackadaisical with things. Which allowed, um, and out, um, Carlisle had a wizard, right? So it allowed, um, Carlisle to grab a bulldog choke, and he was really trying to squeeze and crank that. Uh, he didn't get it, so Aljo was able to, um, spin, end up on top. But that exertion for the choke, I think that tired, I think that tired Carlisle out, right? Um, so then the rest of the rounds, yeah, Aljo was able to, you know, land and move and do his thing. Now, Carlisle, even though he was tired, he still was coming, still was pressing, uh, he, he did get a good takedown at the end of the second, though Aljo was landing a load of elbows from the bottom. But it's something that you think that Kyle really needs to address. You know, it, everyone is going to see this. 
You know, he's done it in his last two fights. So and unless he can get that early stoppage, people are just going to take him into the later rounds and then just pick him apart. And, yeah, I think it's an issue. Aljo probably put himself in a bit more danger than he had to. Just with the way he fights, you know, he's, he, he keeps a real low guard, a real low guard, which can be problematic, but he definitely did enough to win this fight, uh, and yeah, he, he got a unanimous decision, you know, so our, our next fight was the heavyweights, you know, uh, so Parker Porter against a Josh Parisian, and we'd seen Parisian get a, you know, his debut was really good, Parker's didn't go as well, that was against Chris Ducas, I believe, um, now he did take that on short notice, this fight, it, it was crazy, because Parisian just gassed, just Gassed so quick, so quick, and you kind of felt that he, he was possibly the more um, energetic of the two. But throughout the three rounds, you know, Porter, Porter looked fine. Porter had the gas tank. Yeah, Parisian, he he's just went. And uh, he showed heart to stay in there because, the, like, how messed up he was. You kind of felt there were plenty of situations where he could have just gone, yeah, that's enough. You know, let himself get tapped or, you know, the referee stop it. But, no, he stuck in there. But he didn't really have anything. And, he, he you know, he landed some shots but there just wasn't enough behind them to really just get a finish. And I think going into that third, Porter knew that, right? So, you know, he could allow himself to get tagged here and there because, yeah, Parisian just didn't have enough. So I, I think Parisian does need to work on that because, man, you, that can't happen. You know, it, it cannot happen, especially at heavyweight, where, man, like, you could get stopped so easy, so easy, man, it is, yeah, he definitely needs to work on that gas tank, which is insane, because you did not notice that in the first, you know, the contender series, yeah, it, it, that was very surprising. Very surprising in um in this one, but definitely a really really good fight from Parker Pulder. You know he showed a, a a lot of composure, um a lot of ability. You know, so yeah, hats off to Pulder for that one. So this takes us to our co main event, the welterweight clash. Between Miguel Beza and Takashi Sato. Beza is a problem. He really is a fucking problem. God damn. He looked so slick in this fight. Now, it opened up a little cautious. 
You know, they, they neither were rushing, they're both looking for openings. But Beza, you know what I mean? He he was putting things together. You know, real good combinations, going for the body, you know, knowing what to work, having good movement. Like Sato, you know, he wasn't doing bad, right? But you just there just seemed to be a difference in what was getting landed. You know what I mean? That just seemed to be the thing. And like Sato was landing shots, but just not not with the same kind of combinations. Um, or a lot of combinations. You know, we saw singles, we saw like maybe a couple of kicks, but yeah, Baser was the one really putting it together. Right? That was um yeah. Kind of felt that was the big thing here, right? Um, and you really noticed it in the second as he just was turning it on even more. And man, when it got to the end, you know, Baser gets the takedown, gets the back, oh, landing shots, flattens, you know, Sato out. Right, flattens him out, landing ground and pound, and then it it was just, whew, it's like Sato's moving, and uh, like Baser just gets the arm, right, gets his head arm choke, he's in mount, and he jumps to the side, jumps to the side, and as soon as he does that, you're like. Oh yeah, this is done. <laughs> this is it. And woo. Yeah, Sato had to tap, man. Oh god damn, it was so slick. Real motherfucking slick, right? So yeah, then we jumped to the main event, which uh was Anthony Smith against Devin Clark. And I just thought, man, I thought Clark could win this fight. But I think as soon as it came out that his mother-in-law died, oh, man, I was like, yeah, Smith's winning this fight. Because Clark was just like, he just seemed too amped, right? Too amped. Like, man, I'm going to win this fight for her. And, yeah, this is a problem. This is motivating me. And you're just like, oh, no. Oh no, he's just gonna be reckless, and that's what happened. Though, right, he comes out and he lands, comes out and lands a big fucking um right, lands a big right on Smith, but it was just so easy for Smith to take him down, right? Just super fucking easy. Then does Smith just kind of drags him because that's by the cage. Smith then is able just to drag him out to the middle and just like uh yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought was gonna happen, man. And um yeah, it was an issue. Although, like Clark, he showed some good defense, right? There was a point and you're thinking, wait, is Smith? Gonna try and go for a whizzer 
a twister even, a wizard, a twister, which, light heavyweight twister, that seems fucking crazy, but yeah, Clark was defending it real well, you know, landing some heavy shots, right, but, ah, it was a problem, right, because Clark, he, he spun and was able to get on top, which you're like, cool, good work, but it was just like, you you saw what Smith was trying to do, right, Smith's moving his legs up, and Clark isn't doing anything, he's not changing his position, his posture, he's not doing anything, and you're just like, wait, what, what, what are you doing, move, you have to move, he doesn't, Smith throws the legs, gets the triangle, right, gets the triangle, and you see Clark trying to change his posture to fight it, right, and yeah, you just see Smith cut the angle, Cut the angle, which then, man, means more pressure, and Clark has to tap. So, yeah, real good win for Smith. He he halts the slide, gets back into the win, and you're just like, ah, Clark. God damn it, Clark. Like, Ugh, I knew he, like, yeah, as soon as he's talking about his mother-in-law, and it's a tragedy for sure, you know what I mean? But he he just, he his energy was just way too much, way too much, and you cannot, you can't rush in on a vet like Smith. It's just not the right thing to do, you know? So, yeah. A good win for Smith, right there. So, not bad, man. Seven finishes. <laughs> it takes seven finishes. So, there was no um, fight of the night, but we got performance of the nights. So, um, that went to uh, Nate Menez for his stoppage of Luke Saunders. Sue Manjaji for his stoppage of Malcolm Gordon. Miguel Beza for his stoppage of Takashi Sato. And Anthony Smith for his uh, stoppage of Devin Clark. So, um, yeah. I, I No issue whatsoever in all of those. You know? No issue whatsoever. And, um, yeah, some good fights, people. Some uh, real good fights. You know what I mean? So, looking forward to the next one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into those crazy big cards. But, you know, next week, that's fun. I mean, we've had a lot of changes, but definitely it's still going to be a fun card, people. And we will talk about that on Wednesday. God damn, people. If you didn't catch... Combat, combat jiu-jitsu worlds, the lightweights, head your ass over to Fight Pass and uh, check that shit out, because we had some incredible fights, damn it was so much 
fun. Oh, like, the thing about it was, though, it just kind of really brought to home how frustrating it is that, yeah, there's not the opportunity to, to watch more grappling, right? You've got, we, we've got Polaris, um, you know, combat jiu-jitsu, um, and the rest of Eddie's stuff on Fight Pass, but, yeah, that's kind of it, none of these other tournaments, and, um, yeah, not quite sure how I'm gonna get to watch them, but, yeah, at least there was this, at least there was this, so we started off in, um, I don't know, what, what the hell do you call it before the quarters? I don't even know. Uh, but yeah, we, we had some fun fights, right? So Nathan Orchard against Michael Escaval, which, um, man, Orchard right away gets an arm drag takedown on the back, hunting, um, and goes for the rear naked. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh. Um, like it wasn't even under the chin, but that squeeze, Urgh. that squeeze so tight. Escaval has to tap, has to tap. Uh, so then we had Todd Walling against Cody Owens, and um, yeah, this was a uh, a crazy match. You know what I mean? Like Owens sat right away. And was uh, throwing, <laughs> just throwing slaps. You know what I mean? Throwing slaps instantly. Now, like, Walling was looking for, um, yeah, he's looking for position. You know? Getting, like, he was getting hit a lot, right? Um, he, he went for legs, went for a leg lock. Uh, but every time Owens was able to block and um, just unbalance him with the strikes. Yeah, and I have to say, it kind of looked like Wallings was, um, yeah, he looked like he was thrown by the slaps. You know, that's the impression you got that, oh, is, is he, he's not quite sure what to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and you're just like, hmm, interesting. But then um, going for a leg, Owen, like, he's he's able to um, strike and counter. Wallings, though, stayed calm and in the transition gets the tap. Oh, it, it was like... Man, it was out of nowhere, right? Out of nowhere, Warnings just grabbed that heel hook. Man, it was nice. You know, because you were completely, like, you thought it was something else. But no, it was just Warnings being mad, calm, and focused on the end game. And he got it. So, yeah, that was, oh, man, it was intense. Talking about intense, Kim Terra. Right? Kim Terra in his match against Paolo Mahmoud, he was just drilled in. You know what I mean? Just drilled 
and Lyle Smooth Operator operating correctly. That's what that was, people. You know what I mean? That's what that was. Oh, attacking the legs with, uh, you know what I mean? Treacle efficiency. You know what I mean? That, yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Man, it, it, it was very, very slick. Very slick. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, didn't get it straight away, but stuck with it and boom. Gets the tap. Right, so then we go to PJ Barch against David Weintraub. Um, and yeah, PJ is a fucking beast. Right? Fucking beast. Came through, dominated... You know, got got inside control with a heavy top game, man. Just, whew, a smooth back take. Ah, just hunting and then caught that rear naked, man. Just always impressive to watch. Always impressive to watch. Now, a cat that I did not know. Is Cade Rutolo like I've seen Lard Anderson before, so I'm like that was the known commodity for me. But Rotolo, man, like he was the revelation of this fucking tournament for me. You know what I mean? Like he he was just insane. Like this was fast and fucking furious, people. Like always moving. And utilising the strikes when needed. You know what I mean? Like, he, he fought well. I mean, that was, like, Anderson did, right? But Rotolo just... Whew! Man, that knee bar. Just that knee. And that, I think, this was a big thing. Like, there's not... Everyone like crazy utilized the strikes, but in this like Rotolo wasn't going crazy with them, but when he needed them, brought them out, brought them out. So um yeah, then we went to um Mikey Gonzalez against Danny Colozo, um and uh yeah another. Good back and forth here. Like Gonzalez was attacking, um, you know, the legs early, but Cazolo, you know, he he defended well, um, using his slaps well, uh, and eventually he is able to get the back and grab that rear naked choke, just crush on the chin. God damn Man, like the crush is just You'd rather get choked <laughs> You know what I mean? You'd rather get fucking choked It's like the crush is just horrible uh, So then Bobby fucking Emmons Against Tom, Thomas Fisher And um Yeah Ooh, Man You know what I mean? Emmons like in on the legs early, and 
just a really nice entry, really nice entry, and he's always, always in the driving seat in this fight, you know, he took the back, like, uh, you know, he started to um, slap to, uh, you know, so he could get that transition into the inverted triangle, Whew. Like, it was an inverted triangle with the armbar. Wasn't quite doing it. So then he transitions into the straight triangle. Whew. And it was just a squeeze. Just a squeeze. And he gets it done. Ha. Ah, yeah. Super impressive. But then, ah, oh man, it was like such a shame. Because he, Evans got up limping, and you're just like, oh, you could see that something went wrong, and then it got announced that he had to withdraw, which, yeah, that had to suck, but I did give Fisher a second, a second little stab at things, right, so, um, yeah, I mean, he, he came off okay. <laughs> uh, so then our the last fight of that bracket was uh, Jordan Holly against Samson Fomaboat. I think that's how you say it. And Holly, man, he was just attacking. Like, Fomaboat was defending well, but once Holly got on top, Man, he, he just had a real heavy game and was just able to quickly transition into a head arm choke and get that tap. So, yeah, that was a that was so much fun. So much fun. So then into the quarterfinals and we had, um, yeah, Nathan Orchard against Todd Walling. Um and yeah, Orchard, you know, he he got the um got a fucking wrist lock takedown. Like just super impressive out the gate. Gets the takedown and just attacking from there. You know? Hits an inverted triangle, um landing uh, just Went crazy with the slaps. <laughs> you know, uh, transition to an armbar. And then he gets the wrist lock. Right? Gets the wrist lock. Um, yeah, from there. Uh, yeah, just, you know, transitions to a, uh, you know, the guillotine. Um But, oh, man, it was just so good, right? So good. Like, you know what I mean? Had it for a bit, but... <sighs> wrist lock again and gets a tap. Just... Man! You're just like... Fuck! You just want to train with some high-level motherfuckers. You know what I mean? You're watching this and it's just like... Ah, I need to. I need to head to my local tenth planet. That was a takeaway. It was a big friggin' takeaway from this shit. Uh, so then we go to PJ Barch, Kim Terra, and um, 
yeah, PJ, you know, he, he was just, man, he's just fucking PJ, right? <laughs> you know, he, he just wasn't letting Tara, like, initiate anything. Yo, he, like, he gets the takedown, um, had a rear naked, yo, by the edge, they got moved back to the middle, and on the restart, he, he grabs it again, and just crushes Tara's chin, so, uh, yeah, has to, gets a tap, gets a tap, <sighs> Uh, so then we go to um, Cade Rotolo, Danny Colasio, their match, which, yeah, might have been Rotolo's longest. No, actually, not his longest one. But yeah, it, at that point, it definitely was, right? And, um, you know, Rotolo, he, he was attacking, but Cazolo, he was. Um, yeah, able to defend throughout, right? Able to really defend, um, but not really able to offer any de- offense in th- this one. So it was the first match to go to overtime, which so crazy, right? Usually in this kind of thing, we've had a few at overtime by now, but damn, this this tournament was just sick. Right, so goes to overtime, uh, and a Rotolo, he's able to get the, the max ride time on his first two outings. Uh, couldn't on the third, like he he, he uh, you know he took Spider and tried a um, an armbar kind of transition, which he lost, but. Um, yeah, won it on, uh, you know, escape time, really, you know, did it well, you know, super high uh, level, so then we go to Jordan Holly, Thomas Fisher, their match, and um, yeah, Holly was just on the attack, he had real sticky with his game, and again, a once on top, just super heavy, right? And immovable. <laughs> Fisher just couldn't do anything. Holly gets to side, um, then gets the back, and uh, yeah, crushes the chin with the rear naked. You know, boom, it is a done. Which then takes us to the semi-finals, which, man, these were good. First time two Tenth Planets meet, right? And we had PJ against Nathan, which, you know, crazy fact that we learned was, um, yeah, PJ was Nathan's first instructor in uh, BJJ. Right, so that was, and look, this was a, like, it was a, you know, intense fight, but there was no slaps, right, which you're just like, yeah, I see that, you know what I mean, but uh, yeah, PJ was able to uh, 
control the um, main portion. Uh, though Orchard was able to come back at the end, you know. But then it goes to overtime, and uh, it was so close. Like, Orchard nearly, nearly gets it in the third. Nearly gets it in the third. But PJ's able to uh, get the tap. No, Orchard nearly got it in the second. He nearly got it in the second with a rear naked. But um, PJ escaped. Then PJ got the tap at the top of the third and was just able to hold out. And it, yeah, Nathan didn't have any more time to uh, try and initiate anything in uh, in the bottom. But yeah, I mean, just the skills on display, man. Ah, it was awesome. So then we went to Cade Rotolo and a Jordan Holly, which I don't think that went how uh, anyone kind of figured, right? So straight out the gate, Holly shoots, Rotolo grabs the neck, grabs the neck, Holly fights it, you know, they roll through. But Rotolo just stays with the grip, repositions, and uh, it's done. Guillotine choke. Whew. Like, super fucking fast. So then that took us to our um, super fights for the night. Super fights, special fights. Meh. Yeah, just fun fights, right? I you know I the Derek Rayfield Elias Anderson fight. God damn that fight, right? His Anderson was attacking, attacking, and um got Rayfield back with um you know a standing rear naked attempt, right? After a while, Rayford finally took it to the ground, um, trying to fight it off. You know, like Anderson was, um, yeah, just doing his thing, right? Um, and gets it, like, yeah, he, he got it inverted, right, with, um, you know, a, a, a different attempt, but yeah, just couldn't. Couldn't do it, right? So it went to overtime. Fight went to overtime. And, uh, yeah, Rayfield. Man. (laughs) Rayfield got it done. Rayfield got it done with a frigging rear naked, right? So he survived Anderson's attempt at the top. And then hits a uh, rear naked in the bottom. So that was... Yes, just super impressive, man. Like, just the perseverance and the ability to survive. Whew. I mean, he wore that Spider-Man rash guard <laughs> very fittingly. Um, Chris Lahoney against J.M. Holland. Whew. I mean, th- this was, like, this was an interesting one. 
right? Because, like, it started off just with that super crazy scramble, you know? Laconi was, um, you know, his defense was on point, but then JM grabs the rubber guard, right? Grabs the rubber guard and able to control him for the rest of the match. Controlling for the rest of the match, but it's like, you know, trying to find the angle to be able to then transition into something. Like, Lahoney, you know, he ain't no fool. So he's staying calm, staying calm, and just this fucking Leone, right? Sunshine is such a fitting nickname. This motherfucker's like twerking. Like, he started to tickle JM towards the end. Like, just made it fun. But it goes to overtime, right? And, um, yeah, Leone was able to escape um, a transition to an armbar and then get it with the rear naked in the bottom. So, yeah, just a, a really great win for Leone. You wonder if Holland might have um, tied himself out, but I don't know. Like, there's... I couldn't have held that rubber guard for that long. I mean, I could get it, but my hips are not lasting for 10 motherfucking minutes like that. Trust me. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Keith Kagorian against Ivan Rodriguez. You know, that was our... Uh, yeah, that was our last fight. And... um. Man, Kagorian is just so fucking impressive. Gets the takedown right away. Gets real heavy on top. You know? And super aggressive. Like, he was not fucking around. Not fucking around. Right? Um, And he just dominated the fight. Just, yeah, just dominated it, right? Gets the back... With, uh, you know, throws in the body lock and he's just pressing for something, you know, utilizes the slaps. They, you know, I mean, they like Rodriguez rolls and, um, you know, Kagorian stays sticky, gets the bank, bout, the back mount and unloads. Unloads, ref has to stop it with strikes. Man, and we like it's not like we see that a lot. So, yeah, that was Keith Kagorian sending a message, son. You know what I mean, definitely sending a message. And that was our, um, our main event now, right? K Rotolo, PJ Birch, and This, this was something, right? This was fucking something, man. It it was so fucking high level, you know what I mean? Like, I feel that in itself just doesn't do it justice, right? Just so many twists and turns in this match alone, right? 
both were attacking and defending. It was great. Now, Rotolo, he, he had tried a buggy choke. I ain't going to lie. It's the first time I'd seen a buggy choke, right? I've not come across that shit. <laughs> but PJ is able to defend it. Um, he then gets a just a tremendous reversal, right? Ah, oh, it was so good the way he just flipped and boom, and and now he's on top. Yo, looking to pass, and Rotolo goes for the buggy again, and this time, I think it was the fact he was just so quick, so fucking quick, just didn't give PJ a, an opportunity to do anything. Fucking Rotolo gets the tap. Gets the tap. Now the Eve, you know, the combat jujitsu world's lightweight champion. Oh man, this was so, so much fun. So much fun. And like, yo, I I I beg anyone to say they they can't watch this shit and just wanna go roll. Wanna go roll straight after Oh man, it is Gets you so fired up And the awesome thing is No huge wait now For the next one Because we go again On the 20th of December To our early fucking Christmas presents People So yeah, looking forward to that one And that is a great event So it's the, uh, yeah Female flyweights And um, bro that is in the calendar for sure. But people, yeah, if you didn't see this, go and fight past and fucking watch it because you missed a awesome, awesome event. Okay, people. So, before we end, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of MMA. Well, we've got some fun fights to look forward to, and that's for sure. I can't remember if um, we mentioned this last week, but unfortunately, Kevin Holland, I, I'm not sure if he's got COVID or one of his corner, but he's out of next week's fight against Jack Hermanson. Everything is cool, though, because Martin Vittori steps in. Now, Vittori was already on the card, so it's not really so much a, a, a last-minute fight for him. You know what I mean? He did have a camp. Now, interestingly enough, the following week, Vittori was might, meant to be fighting... No, yes, that's it. Vittori was meant to be fighting Jacare the following week. That's it, right? Um, but... <laughs> now this is crazy Holland is stepping in For that fight So Yeah I kind of feel it must be a corner That had Covid Right but yeah That's all good people That's a lot of fun Now um, we go To 2021 Beth Carrera was meant to have Her last fight Against Wu Yan on the um, on the fifth of December, I believe. 
that has now been moved to the 16th of January. So that's happening. On the 30th of January, we're getting Matt Brown v Carlos Condon, which, yo, that fight, it, it, you know, they've tried to book it a few times, but hey, I'm all about that one. Alright, um, we've got some fun fights on the 6th of February. First off, we've got Carlos Diego Ferreira. He'll be rematching with Banal Dayush. And then Michael Johnson is fighting Clay Guida. Right, so on the 27th of February, Alonzo Medifield is fighting William Knight. Then we go to March. Two good fights on the 6th. Urus Medic will be fighting Alon Cruz. Um, that's at UFC 259. Also on the card, we have a Randy Coaster against Trevin Jones. So they are fun fights. Another big bit of news for Davison Figueredo, his brother. <laughs> that's right, his brother, Francisco the Sniper. Is um, joining the UFC. He's it, he fought at bantamweight at jungle fights, so I'm assuming that's where he'll be coming in for um, the UFC. So uh, hey, that's gonna be fun, right? The two Figueredo brothers in the UFC, and if he's anything like Davison, whoo, problems. But people. That's us. We are done. So we will see you again on Wednesday to break down the upcoming uh, stuff from next week. So, yeah, enjoy, uh, you know, whatever you're going to be doing until then, people. Peace.